name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I wonder how many of you are avid watchers of the Olympic Games and enjoy seeing those athletes achieve Olympic glory. A glory that comes at a cost. Those men and women will have endured hours and hours of daily training, overcoming physical exhaustion and painful injuries along the way. They will have borne the pressure of other people's expectations and sacrificed endless hours that could have been spent with family and friends. Those athletes will have endured so much because they knew how great the prize would be at the end of it. The hope for Olympic glory will have given them the strength to endure these trials. In today's reading, we see that Jesus' path also involved both suffering and glory, and how a glimpse of future splendour helped him face the terrible road ahead. Our passage began with the words, about eight days after this, linking it to the previous verses of Luke's Gospel, where Peter confesses Jesus as Messiah, and where Jesus teaches that he must suffer and die before rising again. So these two themes of glory and suffering are the same that also run through today's passage. The transfiguration offers us a preview of the heavenly glory that will be Christ's once he has ascended to his Father. The Greek words describe Christ's clothing as being white, like flashes of lightning. In this glorified form, Christ converses with two men who come from the heavenly realm. They also appear in glory, the prophets, Moses and Elijah. Their presence affirms that what God, is, what God is doing in Christ is part of a long-standing plan. Both men had in their time looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. Their presence now, together with God's words spoken from the cloud, affirm Jesus as God's long-awaited chosen one. Yet, Despite the vision of glory, Jesus' discussions with Moses and Elijah are not about glory, but about his suffering. They talk of his departure and the destiny he is to fulfill in Jerusalem. And later on in the chapter, Luke will say that Christ resolutely set out for Jerusalem, showing that Jesus made a conscious decision to go to his death. Peter wants this vision of heaven to persist, hence his desire to build shelters for the men of glory to stay in. What was before him 
was far more appealing than Jesus' earlier words about taking up the cross. But God commands the disciples to listen to Jesus. And in this context, the implication is that they are to listen especially to what he says about suffering. The transfiguration must have been an amazing, <clears throat> amazing experience, mustn't it? Something you dine out on for weeks to come. There was Jesus, surrounded by heavenly glory, and given the opportunity to talk with two of the greatest heroes of Judaism, who in their wildest imagination could have envisaged such a thing. So we might well be surprised that what Christ chose to speak about was his suffering and death. And yet, perhaps this is not as strange as it may at first appear. Jesus was about to start out on a terrifying road. The words of Moses and Elijah would have given him affirmation that he was making the right decision. And through experiencing something of the future glory that would, be, <coughs> that would be his after he had suffered, he would have been comforted and strengthened on the path ahead. Let's not forget that Jesus, the man, was subject to the same fears and vulnerabilities as the rest of us. He needed reassurance just as we do. Christ warned that as his followers, our lives will not be easy either. And just as God commanded Peter, we should be careful not to ignore Christ's words. But how can we face suffering without being overwhelmed by fear? Well, the transfiguration gives us a clue. For if Jesus was helped in his sufferings by this glimpse of heaven, then we too can find hope and strength by holding firmly to our belief in future glory. Thinking about heaven is often condemned as a form of escapism. But far from causing us to withdraw from everyday life, it should give us the courage to face life's difficulties. If we know that our sacrifices will one day be rewarded, our pain finally healed, injustices we've suffered redressed, and that life is not the end, then we can find the courage to endure and to overcome. We heard earlier that Peter, dear Peter, would have liked to have stayed on the mountain. And I've got a bit of empathy with him. How safe he and James and John must have felt up there. 
all alone with Jesus, Moses and Elijah. No crowds to manage, no sickness to heal and no conflict to deal with. When I was training for ministry, our year group went away for a residential weekend to Langasty Retreat House. It's set beside Langorse Lake with the Brecon Beacons and the Black Mountains surrounding it. I think Mike will probably remember this too. When we came down to breakfast in the mornings, a heavy mist would be covering the mountains and hovering closely over that lake. And it was just as though the world had stopped. No more worries about getting our assignments in on time. No more worries about whether we get a good enough mark. No more worries about juggling a full-time job, family life, study time and placement. The rest of the world was blanked out. It was utter bliss. We just wanted it to stay like that forever. And even though I can describe it to you now, I cannot begin to convey the feeling of utter peace and warmth that enveloped us. And then by the time breakfast was over, the mist would begin to lift and God's creation slowly reappeared in front of us. And we knew that these moments of isolation was special and spiritually uplifting, can only be for building us up for whatever purposeful ministry God had in mind for us. Of course, we made the most of the beautiful scenery, the long silent walks, and the time to be alone and reflect. But as the weekend drew to a close, we knew that reality was setting in and we would soon be heading back down the motorway, back into the humdrum of family life, work and endless more assignments. But the difference was that we went with a new determination and courage having been refreshed, renewed, and blessed by God in the depths of the mist that had surrounded us. St. Paul lived a life that reflects this very well. His belief in heaven gave him the courage to keep on spreading the gospel message despite the most terrible persecution. He was so comforted by this hope that he said his sufferings paled into insignificance when compared to the glory that awaited him. Staying on the mountaintop, whatever our personal mountaintop might be, prohibits us from ministering to others. It prevents us from serving in the kingdom. Instead of becoming spiritual giants, we become dwarfed by our self-centeredness. Times of retreat and renewal are essential for our spiritual well-being. 
but we must return to minister to the world, using whatever gifts God has given to us. Our faith must make sense off the mountain top as well as on it, even if it sometimes causes us pain. Like those Olympic athletes, we will all face some degree of suffering before we attain the glory. But unlike them, our hope is sure. For whilst the reality is that in spite of their best efforts, many of them failed in their attempt to attain Olympic success. But we can be confident that our suffering will not be in vain. Because of Christ, our glory is assured. So let us pray. Lord God, encourage us to hold firmly to our heavenly hope that we may be strengthened and encouraged to serve you in this life, just as that same hope encouraged Jesus. Amen. Amen.